Welcome to Noon Edition. I'm Bob Zaltzberg, editor of the Herald Times in Bloomington, along with Mary Catherine Carmichael. And today we're going to talk about the New Wings Initiative at uh, Middleway House. We have three guests in the studio with us today. Toby Stroud is here. She's director of Middleway House. Lori Burns McRobbie is the chairperson for the fundraising campaign and the project development coordinator, Cynthia Brubaker. Baker. Cynthia Brubaker is here with us today. If you have questions or comments, please phone us at 855-0811 or 877-285-9348 or you can send your email to noon at indiana.edu. Mary Catherine. Hi, Bob. Good to see you. Good to be seen. Toby, Lori, Cindy, thanks for being here today. Thank you for the invitation. Sure. This is a great topic. We've got a lot we can talk about in the next next 45 minutes to an hour about the New Wings Community Partnership. It's uh, quite quite a project that you have going on. Toby, why don't we start with you and you can talk about – just give us sort of an overview of what this, what this project mm-hmm. is. Yeah, this is actually a very interesting kind of approach to making a project happen and raising the funds for it so that the New Wings Community Partnership is – On the one hand, uh, a building or a a complex of buildings and on the other hand, a way to raise funds to pay for that building but also to sustain the services that will be provided in those buildings into the future. Mm -hmm. And um, so when we talk about it, we both want to distinguish and don't want to distinguish between those two aspects. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, let's start with sort of the the general idea. I mean, this is going to be at the old Coca-Cola plant. Right yes. on Washington, South Washington Correct. Street, and how how big is that facility? Um, okay, Cynthia. All right. <laughs> uh, well, the existing Coca Cola bottling plant um, has a couple of parts to it, and the most historic part is the brick part, uh, which a lot of people are familiar with. And that part of the building is about twelve thousand square feet. Wow. Um, there are two metal warehouse additions onto the building, which about doubles the size that we'll, we will be removing and then uh, doing some new construction uh, in the location where that is, and that will add about another twelve thousand. So when we're done, we'll have about twenty-eight thousand square feet total. Okay, and you're the project development coordinator. So why don't you talk a little bit about what what you're going to be doing in that role, or what All you right. are doing? All right. Well, I, I've been involved with Middleway House now for almost four years. I came on board in the spring of 04. And the first thing I did was uh, I went on vacation and I came back and they had a big donation, which allowed us to start thinking about purchasing the building. And so the first thing I did was to help them work through the purchase of that building, which was a very difficult process because it was encumbered with uh, some debt and some, um, some involvement with the city of Bloomington. And so they were a big partner in helping us get that done as well as a Historic Landmarks Foundation of Indiana. And then through the years, we have uh, two years ago, we completed a project stabilizing the facade. Uh, you Folks may remember that the facade was falling down and some of the brick was taken down in order to uh, maintain the safety of folks as they walk by. So with the aid of the city of Bloomington, again, CDBG funds, we completed a stabilization project. And now we're working on uh, getting the big 
rehab project together, and I'm working along with others uh, on our Middleway House team to uh, work with the architects and engineers and the contractors to get the big rehab and new construction project completed. So, and the property then that um, will be involved in this is the original Coca-Cola building, as you know, the brick part that we, yes. that we think of uh, behind that, and then directly to the south as well. Yes. Okay. And so is part of the additional square footage that you're talking about part uh, going to be to the south of the original Coca-Cola building as well? Well, it's what you – when you go – when you drive by the site now or if you're in the Third Street Park and looking over, you will see the brick building. And then just to the south, you'll see the metal warehouses. One is painted yellow, mm-hmm. kind of fading paint. And then the next one is also painted yellow. It looks a little bit newer. Uh, they were put on in the 1960s, 1970s. Those two metal buildings will be what comes down. And that is the prop- that's part of the property that we own. Mm-hmm. So it's just that. Now it's pretty much covered with building. So it's, it, that is the property. Okay. I think one of our challenges on this show sometimes is to make sure that everybody out there knows, you know, what we're talking about. We've got a lot of listeners in Bloomington and Monroe County, of course, and we have a lot of listeners in about 20 other counties mm-hmm. that might not be as familiar. So I, I guess it would be worth saying this property is is sort of southeast of downtown of the Courthouse Square. It's in the downtown mm-hmm. area, the downtown area and, and uh, Middleway House. Toby, why don't you talk about you know, the the beginnings of Middleway House so that we can connect the two. Yes. So Middleway House has been serving the community since 1971 and focused pretty exclusively on abused women and children since 1981. One of the things that we do now that we will do more of on the new site is provide emergency shelter and supportive services for women and children who have had to flee their homes because of domestic violence or are hoping to somehow stay safely in their homes Mm -hmm. uh, despite domestic violence. So the new construction will house a two-story, fully accessible shelter, which has been a real problem for us in the house that we're in right now. And it will also house a social service center and administrative headquarters of the organization. One of the things that Cindy started to talk about was that in between that building and the historic building, there will be a courtyard. Uh, The courtyard provides access both to the administrative building, to the shelter, to the licensed child care that will go into the older building. Uh, It will not provide access to the other uses for that building. There will be six units of affordable housing on the second floor of the historic structure. And on the first floor will be FoodWorks Kitchen. And for those people who don't know, FoodWorks is Middleway House's second social enterprise. It's uh, a kitchen business. It serves about 700 meals a day to area child care programs and senior nutrition sites. It does higher-end catering. When we move into the new kitchen, it will start to do product as well. It's a very, very exciting development. And something somewhat perhaps unrelated to what people think of when they think of Middleway House, uh, but part of our mission um, regarding uh, affordable housing production and economic development is that we will be hosting a kitchen incubator so that local farmers will be able to take some of their excess product and create what's called value-added products. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There's a lot we can talk about in Mm -hmm. that area. Mm -hmm. I mean, we have to get into the fact that that Middleway House got a a USDA 
grant, yes. which is seems a little yes, I'm uh, sure we're the only but. domestic violence <laughs> program in the nation that ever got one of those. Uh, before before I, I talk to Lori for a minute, I, Toby, how many different counties do you actually see clients from? We see clients actually from all over the country. The state assigns us six counties in South Central Indiana, which include. Morgan, Martin, Monroe, Owen, and Green. And most of our clients do come from those counties. We, you know, over the years that we've been doing this work, we have worked with about 50,000 women and children. Wow. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, Lori, Lori Burns McRobbie, how did you get involved with this project? Well, I uh, first got involved with Middleway House through um, getting to know um, first Charlotte Zitlow and then Toby in rapid succession uh, a couple of years ago, right after I first came to uh, to Bloomington. And uh, I think it was the day that, Toby, that you showed me around Middleway's facilities and talked to me about what Middleway was doing. And, and Toby has just given a uh, you know, great summary of the kinds of things that Middleway does. That range of services, the, the breadth and the depth uh, across so many aspects of helping women start new lives really spoke to me. And it was an easy step for me to want to get involved. And I got on the board. And not very long after that, Toby asked if I'd be willing to chair the fundraising campaign. Mm -hmm. And um, she's sort of a hard person to say no to. I tried really hard. I quit quit trying. I quit trying about 15 years ago. uh, uh, So, Lori, what phase is the fundraising uh, project in now? Well, we are – the the fundraising project is um, called the Newings Community Partnership. And I think um, it's it's, uh, – in concept, very innovative and interesting. And again, this was something else that really appealed to me and I think it's appealed to a lot of people when they think about it, really a way to help the community as a whole feel part of Middleway and part of the support of Middleway. Um, it's, it's a national model program. Uh, the, its outcomes are, are just uh, uh, outstanding and I think uh, we should all in this community and, and in the entire uh, catchment area of Middleway. I uh, feel very, very proud of it. Um, and what we've structured it around are a set of um, we might call giving groups. Um, we've always had a lot of uh, fundraising that's gone on, and the communities have been very, very generous to Middleway House, but we needed a way to sustain that funding into the future. Uh, Middleway has uh, done uh, a great job of attracting grants over the years, and I think that actually winds up being probably most of the, what Toby spends her time doing and Cindy and others at Middleway mm-hmm. House. Um, but those sources of funding are not predictable. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the structure changes. They go up and down. So we wanted to think of a way to provide a more predictable stream of funding from the community. And these um, giving groups or support groups, we've had different names for them. Essentially what they are are ways for people to make multi-year commitments at different levels. So we have at the, uh, in a sense, first level, a um, giving group called the Builders. And what that is is a commitment to um, provide $2,000 payable over a five-year period. You can do it any less than that, but up to five years. It's basically a dollar a day. Um, Above that is the Pillars group, which is $10,000 over five years. And at the top, Cornerstones which is 25000 over mm-hmm. five years. Mm-hmm. We, I guess, kind of officially launched all this in a very uh, uh, organized, splashy way, if you will, mm-hmm. um, last fall. 
And uh, we had uh, in our first appeal, which actually went out in August and so it was over the course of the fall, we had an uh, astonishing 23 percent response to our first appeal. Again, I think an indication of how supportive this community is of Middleway and what it does. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that um, something that Toby and, and Charlotte and everybody at Middleway House has been so effective at, and we don't talk about it enough, is establishing um, kind of a shared community value that domestic violence is not okay. And I think in order to have had a 23% return rate on a, a, a mailed request for money, I mean, we all get so many of those, and they're awfully easy to pitch. Uh, but to have gotten that kind of return rate, I just think you deserve congratulations for uh, making that much progress in, in our minds uh, and our value, our internal value system. Yeah. I, I think that uh, Bloomington in particular, but even in our service area generally, the advocates have done a wonderful job and people see their work. Uh, we've seen so many changes and how the community responds to domestic violence, positive, wonderful changes. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Lori, I wanted to ask you another question. One thing that I think is, is kind of unique about this fundraising effort is that you're not just raising money for bricks and mortar. And so often um, I've... I've seen this happen where people get a great building, but then they don't have the money to sustain the activities within the building. So how did that come to pass that you decided to roll them together uh, into one effort? Well, I think it was really kind of grew out of the recognition of what it was going to take to um, keep Middleway going into the future at the uh, level that it's been um, and needs to be. I think there's, uh, as Toby was saying, the, the, the Middleway has been providing services for a long time and has been growing its services for a long time. It's probably been more recently that I think the board came to understand, the, in a sense, the size of the operation that Middleway is. And it, it took a bit of rethinking uh, that aspect of things to kind of get our arms around the fact of, of the size of the operation that we were and then what it was going to take to maintain that into the future. And I think out of that, those discussions recognized we needed a way to go beyond the bricks and mortar. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and it is a challenge because a bricks and mortar kind of campaign is it's tangible. People can see the building. They, it, it's easier in a sense. To drive by, feel so, good yeah. about themselves. Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. Um, but we've, I think, tried very hard to tie the quality of the programs that can happen because you have that facility, the, the consolidation of staff in one place, the consolidation of, of uh, so many different aspects of middleway in one space. You can kind of see, you know, not only all the services, uh, but also the downtown revitalization, the economic development mm-hmm. with the businesses that middleway has, the, the green aspects of the building. And those are all things that appeal very much to the community mm-hmm. as well. So there will be income generated as a result of this generated to, that will then be rolled back into Middleway House projects, right? Exactly. Yeah. The income will be generated both from the generosity of the community, which is making these multi-year commitments, but also the activity at the building, which will include food works and the kitchen incubator and various ways in which that kitchen can be used to raise the awareness and the knowledge of people in the community about 
eating well, mm-hmm. uh, eating safely, and uh, and eating locally. Mm-hmm. All right. Our phone numbers again are 855-0811 or 877-285-9348. And you can send your email to noon at indiana.edu. We're talking about the New Wings Community Partnership. And our guests are, are the uh, director of Middleway House, Toby Strout, the project development coordinator for this uh, project, Cynthia Brubaker, and the uh, campaign chairperson, Lori Burns-McRobbie. Um, I want to follow up on that um, that idea about uh, the uh, food incubator and all the things that are going around, going on with with uh, food. I saw a presentation by the local growers association. They're going to be very involved with you, aren't they? Yes. In fact, we have eight community partners. We are nine altogether. I'm getting fearful even thinking about naming all of them. But um, <laughs> they, they include the local growers guild. They include Bloomington Parks and Rec. They include Mother Hubbard's Cover, the Center for Sustainable. Living, um, Seed Corp. Um, See, I knew I didn't want to do this. (laughs) Um, But people that are involved with um, making this community one that can produce far more of its food in a variety of very efficient Ways. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think there are, there are so many things we can talk about with this project. Uh, we, we can continue down the path of talking about um, the food works and the the kitchen. Uh, before we do that, though, I want to go back to Cindy and talk a little bit about the building because you mm-hmm. mentioned the the green building aspects. I, I believe it's fascinating. And, yeah, and I mean, the, you've got uh, a background. Why don't you go over your background a little bit? Because you have you know you, you have architecture in your background, historic preservation, lots of things that you've worked on over the years. So. Yeah. Um, well, um, some of the projects that I have worked on in, in, in Bloomington include uh, Johnson's Creamery Building, uh, which was uh, a, it's a good example of a building that uh, people took a look at, including Joe Harrell, who developed the project and said, what are we going to do with this? Uh, how can we possibly make this work? And uh, uh, I and Duncan Campbell started a business uh, right about that time uh, called Preservation Development. And I was involved in that for seven years, and basically uh, the answer is uh, it can be done. And uh, we helped Joe do that one. Uh, we moved on to the Frosted Foods Building, which is where Tito Benny is now, and many of us remember it as Grant Street. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's all about uh, taking a look at the property, uh, looking for the historic character, looking for the aspects of the building that make it be what it is. And that's exactly what we're doing with the Coca-Cola building. Uh, a very good example of that is uh, Toby told you that the commercial kitchen for Foodworks is going to be in the Coca-Cola building. Well, on the first floor of the Coca-Cola building is where the bottling uh, of the Coca-Cola happened. And so we have terrazzo floors, which is concrete with little pieces of stone, a very hard, durable, cleanable surface. And the walls are glazed tile, also a very durable, hard, cleanable surface. And that's exactly what you want in a commercial kitchen. Mm-hmm. So it's a very good fit. And that is one of the standards of the Secretary of the Interior that we have to follow when we do historic preservation projects. So that's uh, an example um, of how my background and my training, um, which is a uh, master's of science in historic preservation from Columbia University, uh, which is uh, what I did before I, where I was before I came to Bloomington. Um, that's exactly one of the principles that we follow when we look at historic preservation. And I always love 
it when we meet people, uh, when we look at doing projects and we meet people who say, can't be done. Mm-hmm. You know, this, and we met a very prominent politician who will go unnamed today who told us early on in a meeting, I don't know if you want to take on this building. I think you better get somebody in there who knows what they're doing. And uh, Toby looked at me later and said, you know what you're doing. (laughs) And uh, I said, yeah, yeah, I I, I do. I do. And we can do this and we are doing it. And uh, all those projects, I think I can comfortably say uh, that uh, we're going to make it happen. Mm -hmm. So talk about the, uh, the environmental aspects of the building. Sure. Um, we have a lot of really exciting uh, aspects of this project, and uh, what we really are in the midst of right now is evaluating the cost efficiency question. And lots of people will say, uh, "Yeah, green is expensive," and I really am working hard to find out for ourselves and to um, uh, make good choices and good decisions about. Uh, yes, we may um, pay for some things up front that will pay off in the long run. Um, We have a rainwater cistern, which will collect the rainwater and in turn water our rooftop gardens. Our rooftop gardens are uh, another green feature. Um, And we have the eight groups that Toby mentioned, uh, plus a uh, recent development is a student who has an independent major who's interested in working with us on the garden. So there's that university connection mm-hmm. again that is just fabulous. Um, and so we are increasing the green footprint of Bloomington. By the time we build all those green gardens and increase our, our landscaping area, um, now, we couldn't put in what's called pervious pavement in the parking lot because we're very close to uh, bedrock, and that's a long story. But, but we are increasing that green footprint so much um, that we really uh, are looking to show how that decreases the amount of stormwater runoff mm-hmm. that needs to be dealt with. So that's a, that's a green item. Um, any solar energy involved? We have a solar hot water heater. And this the state of Indiana uh, has a grant program specifically in alternate energy. And that's a good example of something that is a high upfront cost and, a, and an example where the state has stepped up and acknowledged that there is a high upfront cost. And so 50 percent, more than 50 percent of the cost of that piece of equipment will be subsidized and we're going to be able to go ahead and install. So we'll have solar panels on the roof that heat the water for our hot water system. Which is no small thing when you're looking at a commercial kitchen setting. So that over the long haul could be substantial. That's great. I I want to hear about the earthworms, but first we have a phone call. (laughs) All right. We have to go to the phones. And Jim is on the line. Jim? Hi, Bob. Hey, Jim. Uh, could I uh, ask Toby Strout to do 45 seconds on uh, the three years or three months before she ever heard of Middle Way? Uh, I don't know her history. I was um, a filmmaker for the university um, before I came to work for Middle Way House, but I was on the board of directors of Middle Way House for those three years. That was my community service work. Um, before that, I was a New York City school teacher. <laughs> Did you think she was born there, Jim, or what? <laughs> no, I just didn't know the background. 
And uh, it must be a jump from New York to Bloomington. <laughs> you know, it, it was. And I will admit that I cried every day for six months after I moved here. <laughs> but it was really interesting. Um, suddenly, I wasn't crying any longer. I was having myself a wonderful time. And to this day, I think I, this is just a wonderful place to live. Would you cry uh, six months if you had to leave? <laughs> I might, but I'm not leaving. <laughs> All right, Jim. Thanks a lot for the call. All right. I, I think we have time to talk about earthworms before we go to a break. Well, we might need Charlotte Zitlow to talk oh, about yeah, earthworms. I don't know. But the concept was uh, composting in the kitchen. And uh, there's a whole system of using earthworms to uh, b- further break down the compost so that everything happens on site. And we have this wonderful basement. Every time I bring someone there, I, I take them to my basement, uh, my basement, I call it. <laughs> um, and the earthworms are, are part of that process. But I will also tell you about the mushrooms. Uh, we have a little, I think we have a spring down there in the basement. And Toby also wants us to look into uh, growing mushrooms in the basement. So that's another project on the list. And watercress. Watercress? Okay. watercress? Watercress needs running water. Okay. It is one of the wonderful things about, about all these businesses is, the, is kind of the virtuous cycle that they set mm-hmm. up. And it's the very attractive aspect, yeah. I think, of everything All right. Doing. We're talking about the uh, New Wings Community Partnership today. We've got a caller on the line, but we're going to wait until after the break to take that call. Um, so we'll be right back. You're listening to Noon Edition. listening to Noon Edition on member-supported WFIU. Production support comes from Closets 2, providing organized and expanded closet and storage space for home office and garage, using a variety of systems with no major renovations. Closets 2 owned and operated in Bloomington, 332-2233. And from South Dunn Street Project, represented by Brian Lappin Real Estate, classic bungalow-inspired architecture in the Bryan Park neighborhood of Bloomington, www.southdunnstreet.info WFIU is a media sponsor for the IU Bloomington and the City of Bloomington who present Arts Week 2008, Politics and the Arts. Bloomington's Winter Festival of the Arts, Arts Week offers 11 days and nights of performances, exhibitions, discussions, and more. More information available at wfiu.org. Welcome back to Noon Edition. I'm Bob Salzberg from the Herald Times along with Mary Catherine Carmichael. And our guest today, we have the fundraising campaign chairperson for the New Wings Community Partnership, Lori Burns-McRobbie, the director of Middleway House, Toby Strout, and the project development coordinator uh, of Middleway, Cynthia Brubaker. If you have questions or comments, please phone us at 855-0811 or 877-285-9348 or send your email to noon at indiana.edu. Lori, you're still on the board too, correct? I am. Okay. I should mention that. All right. We have a phone call and an email. Let's go to the phone first and it's Steve. Steve? Hello. Hi. Um, I just wanted to say I appreciate the the work you're doing to to make the building green and – I think Toby Strout already knows this, but I I was at the uh, Commission on Sustainability meeting this month, and there was a presentation about green buildings. And they do cost a little bit more to build, but not nearly as much as people think. It can be as low as 1% or 2% uh, for the initial cost. And, of course, in the long run, you end up saving money that way. 
And um, another thing I was going to mention or ask about was if you were going to have community gardening. And I think that you already answered that question um, just as I was calling. I heard someone mention mushrooms and watercress. <laughs> and um, I think that's a really good idea, too. Um, yeah. I found from my own experience, you know, gardening, uh, growing vegetables, is it's not just a, an environmental practice, but I get a real psychological benefit out of it. Mm -hmm. And I, I would hope that would... Um, would help out your clients as well. Yes, we will have two intensive roof gardens, meaning that we're going to be growing food, both for the shelter and for the commercial kitchen. But all of the landscaping is planned as edible landscaping. So we'll be producing food on site. And you have uh, one of your partners is Mother Hubbard's Cupboard, and they do have a community garden project, correct? Yes, they the, do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so does Parks and Rec. Uh -huh. And I think that Parks and Rec is one of those partners. Yes, yeah. and I think that they're actually looking at expanding their community garden. <clears throat> Pardon me. Garden project as well because it has become increasingly popular as as this movement has gotten a hold a foothold. Right. We also have um, uh, as New Tech High School gets launched, uh, the biology teacher there and the science teachers I think are planning to engage with Middleway House in the design of those rooftop gardens. So there's another way that there's a link back to the educational community in Bloomington as well. Mm -hmm. We should mention that we only have room for three guests on this show, and and the obvious fourth would have been. Charlotte Zitlow. And um, so uh, Charlotte has been kind enough to email us and, and uh, participate that way. Um, and it says uh, she'd like you to talk about some of the individuals in the community who've been involved in the New Wings Community Partnership so far. Uh, she says uh, she knows you have uh, the eight agencies in the USDA grant, and that's the Local Growers Guild, Mother Hubbard's Cupboard, Bloomington Parks and Rec, Blooming Foods, Hoosier Hills Food Bank, Purdue Extension, and the Center, the Center for Sustainable Living and Seed Corp. And that is the micro-enterprise that Middleway House, House helped start. Um, and she says, but there are a lot of individuals also, and she'd like you to name some of them, please. And um, when you finish, I will give Charlotte's email address in case anybody would like more details. Sure. Well, I think that's a that's a um, question just to set me up for something I had <laughs> I had planned to do anyway. Uh, but I, you know, again, in keeping with the whole notion of this being a community partnership, we are extremely fortunate to have a lot of very dedicated people who have stepped up to leadership roles. And uh, uh, Suzanne Owen is chairing our builders. Uh, uh, giving group. Sandy Churchill is chairing the Pillars Giving Group. Uh, Carol Shapiro is chairing the Cornerstones Group. And Sherry Knight and Schwant is chairing what we're calling the Community Outreach Group. It's you know, kind of like our marketing arm of the of mm -hmm. the partnership. And some of you may have seen the brochure. It's um, teal and purple uh, brochure with a wonderful winged phoenix rising um, above the New Wings banner. Um, that was a product of, of Sherry's group, uh, which Mary Catherine, you've been involved with yeah. as well. Sherry's a very hard worker. She's doing a great job. So we're uh, very, very fortunate to have uh, those individuals stepping up. And we're also uh, doing some work on the uh, uh, Bloomington campus of IU. Uh, and Lisa Pratt, a faculty member in geology, has also uh, stepped up to helping us with an IU campaign. And there are other uh, individuals who are getting involved with that as well. Uh, I, again, I, I can't say enough about the degree of um, kind of immediate interest and immediate willingness to help that uh, we've seen not only in the wonderful folks that I've just named, but but many others as well. 
Um, let me give Charlotte's email address. I think if anybody wants to get involved, um, a, an email to Charlotte would be a fine place to begin. Um, and her email address is zitlowc, which is Z-I-E-T-L-O-W-C at gmail.com. And I'll do that one more time. Z-I-E-T-L-O-W-C at gmail.com. All right. We have a phone call. Let's go to Lynn on the phone. Lynn? Um, hi. Uh, listening to all this, it's uh, exciting, all the community partnerships and everything, uh, but it seems the impetus for all this is domestic violence. I don't actually really know many people who've been involved in DV, so I'm not really sure why we should all be supporting this. Does that make sense? <laughs> We're going to answer that question. That <laughs> um, always interests me when people say they don't know victims of domestic violence. In fact, the phenomenon is uh, too common and too widespread across the socioeconomic spectrum for anybody not to know a survivor of domestic violence. But whether or not we know them, domestic violence affects all our lives. Um, it has tremendous costs. It has it has public health costs. It has costs to employers. It has costs in terms of just the fabric of your community. Um, domestic violence affects children so negatively and um, so often they then affect the rest of us negatively because of the anger and the, the fear that they feel and they, they express themselves in ways that um, – end up costing them some years very often in, in juvenile detention, and that usually comes after having wreaked some havoc in the community. So addressing domestic violence is important to us, whether we know individuals or not. But the other thing that I would say about this project is that it speaks to needs and interests beyond those of victims. Um, we believe that we are putting up a model development here, um, that we're doing things that we hope will interest others with respect to how you build and what you build and what you think about while you're doing that. And also we're contributing to economic development. We're contributing to affordable housing production. And it's going to make such a difference in the downtown. You know, I don't know if you know, but the transitional housing project that Middleway House built, the RISE, received the prize from Bloomington Downtown Commission because that had made such a difference to that area of the downtown. Well, this one is going to ramp that up considerably. <laughs> Anybody who drives past that part of town just has to groan at how terrible it looks, how neglected, and, and that neglect leads to vandalism and, you know, just mm -hmm. awful, awful things happening there. And we're going to be improving not just Washington Street, but the alley that runs between what will be Middleway House and Rhinos, and we're going to be cooperating with Rhinos on that. We have uh, – things are really heating up. Mary Catherine has a couple of follow-ups. I have a couple of follow-ups and we have two phone calls. So Mary Catherine, you okay. go first. Well, Toby, I just thought maybe you could mention the percentage of the population or give some kind of numbers along those lines to help finish answering that question. Yeah. Um, with respect to the numbers of victims of domestic violence, nobody knows. Mm -hmm. uh, the feeling is that depending upon your community and how good a job you've done with awareness, that anywhere between 3 and 5 percent of women ever report. So if Middleway House has looked over the has worked over the years with fifty thousand separate individuals, you can begin to think uh, what kind of a problem that is in our community. And unfortunately, murders are not um, mm -hmm. 
all that unusual. About three a day across the nation mm-hmm. are yeah. tied to domestic violence. Yeah, I was going to say it seems like homicides in Monroe County. There are very there are very few. It's a low low number, but. I don't have the statistics, but there's a very high percentage of that low number mm-hmm. that are because of domestic violence. Yeah, over the years, I can only think of two that weren't. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and also, I have to say, I'm aware of your success rate versus the national average. And please share that with us because I think that's such an amazing statistic. Right. Across the nation, between 55 and 70 percent of battered women return to an abusive relationship following a shelter stay. And at Middleway House, the number for those who have stayed as much as um, – as long as three weeks, has ranged from actually a low of 2 percent to a high of 33 percent. Compared to the national average. Compared to the national average. Yes. And and, and there are a number of reasons for that. And one of them is that we really believe in creating meaningful alternatives to living with violence, not just intervening in a crisis. Mm -hmm. All right. Let's go to the phones. And Carol is first. Carol? Hi, this is Carol McCord. Hi, Carol. Hi, Carol. I just wanted to respond. I've been listening to the show and thankful that you're having this on here. But the last caller um, really inspired me to respond, um, working with sexual assault on campus and having worked at Planned Parenthood. Um, so the concern the caller brought up that they're not aware, you know, this is um, one of the common comments we get about all these issues. And, indeed, it's very hard for people to come forward about this, which means it's not in the news at the rate that leads people to feel as though they can personally relate to it sometimes. And people in their lives may not be sharing it with them, all of which you've all pointed out. Mm -hmm. That's precisely why we need this kind of public education, to bring it to people's attention on behalf of the individuals who should not have to come out and say, these things have happened to me. And I appreciate you all doing that. I also wanted to say I've seen Toby work with this from when, when there were people been in the community a long time, remember when we just had coffee cans, and that was it, to support Middleway House, and how much further we've come. And every one of these projects, even if it weren't, no matter what it would be in beha- on behalf of, has helped to increase the livability, the comfortability, and, and people's sense of familiarity and belonging to this community. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's irreplaceable even if you took away that issue, which I happen to recognize as extremely important. And I think the combination of Toby and Charlotte and Laurie and now Cynthia and all the other people is just unbeatable. And we're extremely fortunate to have this many committed and community members and dedicated community members in our community working on this. And I am very thankful that you're all here. So that's what I wanted to say. Uh, all right, Thanks, Carol. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Carol. I would even add civic pride to Carol's list, mm-hmm. really. And we have to say Carol's been a very uh, good member of our panel at some point. Absolutely. Right? We love having her on. All right. And let's go next to Susan. Susan? Good afternoon. Hi. Hi. I wanted to comment on the caller before the last one as well. Um, she certainly knows victims of domestic violence, and it is hard to come forward And congratulations to Bloomington for the fine job they're doing. Unfortunately, most communities aren't like that. And even though you all have made a lot of progress, I'm sure there's still a lot of work to be done. Mm -hmm. There's not enough support for people that want to leave. And I speak from experience. I also wanted to mention and ask you to talk a little bit about the fundraiser in March, the music and art fundraiser. I thought people might be interested in hearing about that. Okay. All right. Thanks a lot, Susan. Thanks a lot for the call. Thanks for your call. 
All right. The fundraiser in March? Yes. Um, Middleway House has always tried to do something in March for Women's History Month. For years and years and years, we held a Women's Arts and Crafts Fair. This year, we've gotten together with three other organizations in town, Girls Incorporated, to which we feel very close, mm-hmm. um, Women Inspire, which is a, a business women's network, and Free Trade Bloomington. And uh, we're going to have not just the Women's Arts and Crafts Fair, but a small expo. And that will be on the 29th of March uh, from 11 till 4 at the Showers Complex. And on the 22nd at the Buskirk Chumley Theater is a a concert. Um, And these will benefit all four of the organizations that are working together to make these um, two events happen. Mm -hmm. I, I want to refer back to, to Lynn's call because I think it gave us the opportunity to talk about domestic violence as the underpinning for all of this mm-hmm. work that you're doing. It's spun off. Your work has spun off a couple of businesses. You mentioned food works, but there's also confidential document destruction. Um, could you talk about the purpose of doing that? Mm-hmm. You know, um, a lot of the women who have experienced domestic violence develop a, a – a range of psychosocial responses that do not serve them very well when they try to enter the workforce. In addition to what those things might be, there are the people who are essentially stalked for the rest of their lives, more and more now through the courts. Um, If they also tend to be poor, there are so many obstacles to them, not so much getting a job, but to retaining a job. And if they can't do that, then they cannot necessarily stay independent and start building um, the, the confidence that will keep them apart from the abusive partner who whatever else he might have done might have provided for the family. So we thought that um, one of the ways that women can make a decision to leave an abusive relationship is that they know that there's something that they can do. And certainly one of the things that they can do if they come to work for us is work and not lose their job um, for things that they can't help. Uh, So we created these. They're kind of a a hybrid between a normal business model and a sheltered workshop. Mm-hmm. And the idea is that some of these women will stay in the businesses over time and help us stabilize and serve as role models and trainers, and others will come through, kind of pull themselves together, and move on. Mm-hmm. Have there been any spinoff businesses yet? Nothing yet. Mm-hmm. Um, we are working on a number of things with respect to confidential document destruction. Uh, particularly with the shreds that we cannot recycle in the normal way um, because the recyclers won't won't take the paper and mm-hmm. we're trying to use absolutely everything again. Mm-hmm. So we have some people working on possible products that we can make from shreds. And we certainly have the kitchen staff coming up with wonderful ideas for food products to sell. And I think that that's a good segue into the commercial kitchen and what you hope to do with that. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if, Toby, you want to keep talking. How, how did you identify when, a need for that, for one thing? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that would be a good mm-hmm. place to start, I think. Right. You know, we – I wrote a grant to the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services for something called a family support center because we knew that we needed to create meaningful alternatives for the women. Everybody says, get out, get out, get out, get out. But then what do they do mm-hmm. you know, in, in order to sustain themselves and their families? And in this grant proposal, I said that we were going to start businesses because I felt that's what we needed to do. And then we got the grant. 
<laughs> and it was like, oh my goodness. And you know, we had had loads and loads and loads of ideas, but you know, you can sit around and spin ideas <laughs> endlessly. So I looked around the community and identified Charlotte, and she made me ask her three times, but I thought that she was really the person that would be able to do that for us. Now, Charlotte did what I think Charlotte does best, and that is she just started going around and talking to people. And, you know, like she didn't come up with ideas for businesses. She, you know, kind of surveyed out there. And um, and a whole lot of ideas came up, and actually we accepted the idea for CDD, Confidential Document Destruction, from uh, Melinda Cedar, who was working at the Solid Waste Management District, who said, you know, this is the thing that we have lots of, and people are, you know, always asking us to do this work, so that's that would be a good idea. And the idea for FoodWorks actually came from one of our staff members, Bobby Summers, who had spent years and years and years in childcare, who said, these kids need something good to eat. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. we just can't get any good food. And... Um, Bobby also kind of connected us to the need at the senior nutrition sites. We never wanted to start a business that was going to compete unfairly with other businesses in the community. We always wanted to be able to add value to our community and make the quality of life better mm-hmm. So, on account of the services and the products that we created. Mm-hmm. I really love that FoodWorks is such a quintessentially feeding people is such a quintessentially female thing to do. And I think it's a lovely, uh, a lovely match and makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. And we were pleased. You know, we had a business that really was very untraditional for women, non-traditional for women. And it was nice to have one that was more traditional because when you have people who have had um, issues feeling confident in their abilities, moving them into a non-traditional area can be Difficult, but with the commercial kitchen, you're going to have the opportunity to create products and brand something and actually sell it. I mean, can things, correct? Yes. Oh, yes. Charlotte came around and was telling me about that the other day. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, so that's another part yeah. of this that mm-hmm. uh, will sort of spin off into another mm-hmm. little. Yeah, and that's part of the industry. that's part of the ag grant, mm-hmm. um, you know, that Charlotte wrote and that we received from the U.S. Department of Agriculture. Mm-hmm. Okay, we have just a few more minutes, about five minutes to go. If you have comments, you can still call us eight five five zero eight one one or eight seven seven two eight five nine three four eight or send email to noon at indiana edu. Lori, I didn't mean to cut you off. Were you going to say something? Well, I was going to actually just uh, uh, jump back to fundraising just for a second and thinking about the community kitchen. That uh, among the um, opportunities we have our naming opportunities. Um, and there are a few at the building um, for those who uh, – I mentioned the other three support levels, but obviously anyone who would like to go beyond those, um, I, you know, we'll, we'll let you know how to contact us. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we do have naming opportunities for the kitchen, for the building, and, and for um, several other um, aspects of the building project. And uh, again, we've um, uh, had a lot of involvement so far, and we're and we're hoping to continue that um, in in that kind of ongoing way as well. You know, in the in the middle way tradition of being kind of a homegrown, uh, you know, really everything middle way does has has come up from through the ranks, and I think that's wonderful. And I, I think even this this fundraising effort, Charlotte writes and points out that that really came up just from a group of women getting together after work with a glass of wine and some cheese and trying to figure out how this can happen. And you got it, you know, it's yeah. it's going. Yeah, we started those those meetings almost 3 years ago now. It seems it seems crazy, but wow. uh, you know, really we sort of had the idea that's what we would like to do with the group. Um 
but we were all having such a wonderful time <laughs> eating and drinking and talking. And, you know, and finally, right from that group, somebody said, well, okay, what do you want us to do? Yeah. Yeah. That's right. And that was I, great. I should also actually give credit to another a fellow board member um, of ours, Al Lyons, um, um, who has just been wonderful in terms of organizing the committee that's been working as part of the um, uh, uh, the part of the board, the committee of the board that's been mm-hmm. focused on the on the fundraising, um, and of course our board president Pam Davidson, yeah. um, and uh, and and we have uh, the the board is a very committed and engaged group uh, as well. Um, we are uh, also just as we you know think about fundraising, we've had we've had a, a lot of success with grants, and and one of those recently has come. Uh, I'm almost sort of dropped into our laps from the Sunshine Lady Foundation. This is. Doris Buffett, Warren Buffett's sister, uh, who uh, had, I think, had provided a grant to Middleway a number of years ago and uh, chose to give another grant this year, a matching grant of $250,000. And that really was the um, featured in our appeal that we started last summer. Um, we're already, it's a $250,000 grant. We've already raised $150,000 toward that match, and we have another 100000 to go by the end of March. So um, we're very confident we'll make it, um, of course, with everyone's help. Now, what, looking ahead, do you, is there a timeline people can expect to start seeing something happening at the building, Cynthia, or is the fundraising just still so, you know, in the process of that that it's too soon to expect any action over there? What, what's coming up? Well, we're, we're working really hard right now with the contractors, um, and we'd really like to uh, expect that we would be under construction this spring. I mean, we... Uh, within and within, I would like to say four to six weeks, but I'm I'm pretty optimistic about that. Um, and I would like to say one other comment that relates to the fundraising. Um, I've I've worked on projects that were uh, nonprofit owners before, and th- this is a project um, that I have. I, I for a, for a while I was a little bit concerned because I'm the one who gets the questions from the architects and the contractors. Do you have the money? Because mm-hmm. they know we have a nonprofit board, right? And they're reached a point. This is an amazing board and an amazing campaign committee and really a good group of people. And with the help of this community, um, you know, it's going to happen. And April 4th is... Lori. <laughs> we are actually, and I, 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 I uh, may have not mentioned this before, I meant to, is that uh, one of the other things we're doing this spring is doing some outreach to business, the business community, and particularly to downtown businesses. We've talked about a lot of the different aspects of the building project that have to do with downtown revitalization and economic development. Mm-hmm. So um, we are uh, right now planning to hold a kind of open house at the building just prior to the start of the construction to to thank the many businesses uh, and local organizations, um, many of which are nonprofits, who have stepped up to contributing to Middleway House and also to uh, kind of launch another um, business drive, if you will, um, to spread the word about what's going on at the building. I think, Bob, you said earlier, it's uh, um, people probably just don't know the breadth of what's going on there. And when we talk about it, you know, people's eyes really do light up. There's so many aspects of what is happening at the building and what's happening at Middleway that appeal to different aspects mm-hmm. of the community. Just telling that story is, is important. Yeah. Okay. Jim's back on the phone. Jim, if you have a very short question or comment. I do. Uh, Toby Stroud, do you have the equipment to do the sawdust grind on documents? 
that real fine grind? No, we do not have that. We shred. We have a quarter-inch shred. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Thanks, Jim. All right. We have about less than a minute to go. Any last comments from anybody? Toby, you want to sum things up? I just want to say that, you know, we are hugely excited. Um, there, there are projects that we've done where I think the, the mood has been more of anxiety. <laughs> and I think that we've, we are – that's not what's characterizing us with this one. We are just hugely excited, enthusiastic. We feel confident. And it's wonderful to to have everybody working with us to make this wonderful project happen. All right, Mary Catherine, we're not going to get to that email. I'm okay. Afraid. All right, we're out of time. I want to thank our guests today, Lori Burns McRobbie, Toby Strout, and Cynthia Brubaker. For Mary Catherine Carmichael, producer Catherine Hageman, and engineer John Shelton, sitting in for Mike Pashkash, I'm Bob Salzberg. Thanks for listening. Noon Edition is a production of WFIU and the Herald Times. A podcast of this and other WFIU programs is available at WFIU.org.